This is Rugga Matrix America. Welcome everybody to the show. This is Alex Goff with RugbyMag.com and this is show number 100. Don't know if that makes a special thing. We, we didn't really plan anything special, no songs or anything like that. Uh, no um, review of the past 100 shows, of which I've not been a, a part of all of them, obviously. Bruce McLean has been. Uh, Bruce is uh, jumping in in a moment. We're starting... Uh, to get into the meat of uh, the international season now with uh, the ARC still going on, uh, the beginning of the International Sevens Tournament, and then, then we've got a series of tournaments, sorry. And then we've got the uh, November Tour. We're going to find out uh, eventually who makes that uh, trip and whether anybody from the ARC makes that trip. We're going to talk the ARC this time. Uh, this show is being done um, the night of... USA versus Canada, Canada one twenty three three, uh being recorded most of it at uh the Rugby Canada headquarters. And we'll uh get a little uh, little comment from Mike Tolkien right after the, the show and uh then uh we'll talk with Bruce and talk a little bit about um where we think the young players are going. We will be right back on Rugged Matrix America and then talk to Mike Tolkien, USA head coach. Hey everybody, don't forget that the largest rugby tournament in the country is coming up sooner than you think, February 7th, 8th, 9th in Las Vegas, the Las Vegas Invitational. It's wrapped around, of course, the USA Sevens International Tournament and it has everything you want in a rugby tournament. Thousands of players, over 200 teams, uh, kids, adults, college, elite level, international level, Uh, you've got the CRC qualifier, you've got uh, women's, 15s and 7s, it's all everybody would ever want in a rugby tournament, and you get to see the USA 7s, and you get to be in Las Vegas. Go to USA7s.com, check on the LVI link, and see how to pre-register. Yes, and we're back, and don't forget, not only with the LVI and the USA 7s, we're also uh, happy to acknowledge our sponsors, Hooker Wines, therugbysite.com, and Rugby Imports. Thanks a lot, everyone, for supporting the show. And this is Mike Tolkien right after the USA Selects lost 23-3 to Canada Selects at West Hill Stadium in Langford, British Columbia, on Tuesday night. In the ARC, uh, dropping them to zero uh, and two. Canada going to two and zero. Hey everybody, this is Alex Goff from Rugga Matrix America and RugbyMag.com, and we all know it takes grit and determination just to get to the edge of a rugby pitch, and it takes even more courage, drive, and passion to lock arms with your teammates and rise to the challenge and play in a game. At Lauer Family Wines, they know that too. They have a passion for rugby and a passion for wine and that passion collides in their hooker wines line from napa valley steeped in the tradition teamwork and heroism of the game and their drive inspires them to create wines that honor those who chase their passions in rugby and elsewhere in life get in the match and buy hooker wines online at hookerwines.com mike tolkien we just uh, seen USA Selects, Canada Selects play 23 to 3. You had a lot more scoring opportunities than uh, three points would, might indicate. Yeah, um, you know, once again early on, missed uh, missed a couple of easy penalties to get points. Uh, and, you know, 
it's something I told the guys at the end is, you know, international rugby is about composure and it's about pressure. And uh, a lot of times we lost our composure, especially when our captain went down, and um, we didn't put pressure on them. You know, we were, we were absorbing a lot of tackles, we weren't getting on our front foot, uh, and we were slower than we wanted with the ball, you know. Uh, in the second half, we started going outside more, and we started finding those holes. And the last pass, we just didn't complete. You know, we had a couple of score try, try scoring opportunities, and we didn't complete that last pass, unfortunately. We had uh, Garicki. That was actually in the first half, near the end of the first half, a really nice run. Tracy, Chapman, and I think Callie right at the end, all those just not quite there. Yeah, yeah. There were a few of them. They, they, they got close. We needed... A little better support following on uh, and at the tackle area, just getting getting that ball moving again out of that tackle area quickly off the line breaks. Uh, I wrote something on the, uh, perhaps in the heat of the moment on the game report, uh, not a lot of calls for holding on to the ball. That certainly didn't go your way. I mean, it's an interpretation thing, but you couldn't turn the ball over unless you made them drop it, and then it was a scrum, and that's a problem. Right. The We were a little frustrated with that. Um, we thought we had up areas where we slowed the ball could have been penalized for holding on and uh, we didn't get those and so it makes it you know it makes it a lot you play defense a lot you know even if you put pressure on the ball uh, so that that's pretty tough for uh, for your defense you know and also in the first half defensively our forwards weren't folding around quick enough you know they were kind of tending to the blind when there weren't Canadian bodies there and we needed to fold around and get the bodies to the open you hung in there though yeah I mean you know if you if you can hang your hat on something you know we hung in there and uh, you know in the second half we put a lot more pressure we were in there and a lot more uh, it's just you know it's finishing off uh, with these guys but it's a uh, you know this is an extremely young team I mean this if you look at the back line you know you're looking at 22, 22, 21, 23. Um, so all down that line, that's a very young. And then in the in the forward pack, it's not much older than that. So very young, very inexperienced. This is their first taste of international. For just about every one of them. So there there were some. You know, each player could do something good individually. And sometimes as a unit, things were going. But a lot of little breakdowns, execution breakdowns. You know, your your lineup is a strength and he wasn't great today and, and and so all of that a lot of that can be chalked up to they don't know each other they're young this is their first experience that's the whole point of this yeah it is the point of it um, you know and but we do we did expect a little more tonight like you said our line out has been a strength um, Cam going out you know he's really a leader of that line out and, uh, and he's the captain so that kind of put it a little out of joint still no excuse you got to be able to play you know when new players come in uh, but that you know not having that source you know steady source that we've had you know with, with the senior team and this team in this game you know that became an issue and then the scrums uh, you know we had problems uh, until late in the game we started to have a surge a little bit with a, a couple of substitutions um, but the scrum you know again it was a, it was a dodgy source at best um, but composure was a big thing Alex you know it was when we started going wide late you know we had holes every time we went wide we had a hole and that's what we wanted to do early and we just didn't do it you know and that was frustrating because uh, you know as, as you saw they, they, the holes were there and we're getting through them Mike Tolkien, thank you very much. No problem. So that was Mike Tolkien, uh, USA head coach, and he was uh, obviously not happy with the entire performance there. Um, 23-3, Canada beats the USA in the second round of the ARC, and and I think 
it could have been a lot worse. It could have been closer as well. There were some score, a couple of scoring opportunities late, and they did miss a couple of kicks that they really, really should have gotten. Um, but Canada were the better team. Uh, what he's talking about with uh, folding those uh, forwards around, he's basically talking about trying to make sure he's got the right number of forwards either side of the breakdown to cover uh, either a large uh, weak side or, or a narrow weak side, but also looking at the offense lining up and uh, trying to read them, not just spreading out evenly saying, oh, I'm in a spot, but looking at the offense. We also talked a little bit about the difficulties. Uh, I mean, there's interpretation in every game, and the referee didn't decide who won the game. Uh, but what the USA really, really needed was to get turnover ball in the breakdown. And the referee, Sylvester, uh didn't really allow he didn't call any holding on penalties is basically it so he allowed a slow long time for the ball carrier to hold on to the ball and and get it out of the ruck that's continuity on one side but no turnover ball for the usa so their turnovers were knock-ons and they're not good at the scrums and uh so that's kind of the scrums not working Kicking game's not working so well, and the lineout wasn't firing on all cylinders. That's going to make for a long day. Um, and and Bruce, you know, you talk about set piece, and I know, you know, I, mean, uh, I I don't want to make you be just the scrum lineout guy, but boy, you got to have one of those. Well, the way I look at it is, I think that we try to have a talent identification program, and we really don't try to. Uh, optimize our talent or develop it um you know and i and i would have to you know i I, you know i think that usa rugby over the past many years you know probably six seven or eight years has really not spent a whole lot on trying to develop our talent outside of any international assemblies i don't think that the players have given the tools that they need to develop their own programs to become better. And I know that they, we've had high performance managers. We've had, I mean, we have a director of rugby. We've had, we have now an assistant director of rugby. And I I don't think the players are being communicated about with, about how they're going to develop from a, you know, physical standpoint, psychological standpoint. I just, and I think that it really came to fruition when you saw it. I, I, we couldn't win a lineout because we couldn't throw the ball in. Yeah. And the fact of the matter is, if you're going to be an international A hooker and that they should be given a program months and months and probably even in, in Fenoglio's case years ago, in Moali's case, did he play in the under-20s? Yes, if he, did. he did. Yes, he did. If he did years ago, they should have had a program that they should have been following and that should have been monitored. Yep. And Tony Papura was an eagle prop. He, they should have been had him on a program and it should have been monitored. And the same with Nick Wallace. And and this should have been happening over well, the course of several years. No, I, uh, and it hasn't. And it that's why it, it, you can't go there. You can't just rock up and play. It's not how no, it works. No, it's true. It, 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 all these, and I think that that frustration wore in when they were complaining to the referee. They were, 
you know, they got a red card for a needless red card. They were posturing. They were yipping. And I mean, I, you know, I saw guys on my own team yipping. And, and, and you know that players are yipping when, when they're not confident and, and when they're lacking composure. And, and, but all those things come from having a specific plan of action going in. And the fact that they did a fitness test prior to this to this uh to this assembly is and and I don't know how I, I, I thought that it was said that it came out okay. It, then if that was the case, then they need to change the fitness test because they're not fit. Well and, and maybe it's mental. Maybe they maybe there was maybe they didn't believe in themselves. But it, it was it was a it was a poor performance overall. But I'm not going to sit and blame the players because I really don't believe, and 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 I could be I could be dead wrong, but I really don't believe that they have been followed up with from USA Rugby, from the high performance department over the course of the past several years that many of those guys have been in this program to be able to do the things that they were supposed to do. And I think that they rocked up and and it had turned out sideways. Well, you know, I, I think you're right. And and, and I, I'm not going to say that they're not they're, – they're making some steps to do some of that stuff now. But over the years, we know that there have been uh, a, a sort of half-hearted attempts this direction, half-hearted attempts that direction, no solid uh, plan for developing players. Now, the other thing about this, um, you know, I've seen a lot of these games. And international rugby – is yes it's faster than what any player sees but you know it's really not you know just a supremely fast game of touch and i and i guess when we talk about the faster game sometimes people start thinking that the ball is just flung around all over the place and it just rains tries it's more physical than anybody can ever imagine it's going to be the scrums are harder everybody can scrum really really well except the united states and you have to be exact. You have to execute on so many levels. You have to kick well from the hand and from the tee. But more about it, it, it's it's physical, and you got to scrum really well. And in American domestic rugby, we don't do that enough. I think that we don't referee it enough to allow it to be physical. Um, it's not. I'm not saying there are no hard men playing rugby. I, I think there are hard players throughout the country, but there's not that concentration of them. You don't have that more than two or three games where you say, wow, that was just the toughest game I've, I've had all season. And and the scrum seems to be diluted as, as a result. So players come in and it is a complete shell shock situation. And I think that they got through the Argentina game and they said, yeah, we lost and, and we expect them to lose. Um, and, but they hung in there on a few things. So they said, all right, now we're going to we're going to take it to Canada. And and for them, you know what? I'm I, I don't I'm not sure I agree with you, Bruce, that it was it was completely sort of it, it, there was that much of a difference between them, because I think they could play with Canada. They could have played with Canada closer today. But they didn't. And then they started to lose composure, partly because they're young, partly because they lost their captain to an injury, partly because some of their other experienced players were not stepping up as leaders. And they saw an opportunity to win a game that they thought was winnable fall away. And it fell away because they're making tackles and they were making Canada 
drop the ball. They're making the Canada drop the ball so much that Canada started dropping the ball even when no one was near them because they were worrying about getting hit. But it didn't really matter. What's the point of that if you can't scrum? Great, you get a scrum, you're put in, it gets turned over. They gave up a try turning over the ball on a scrum. They gave up a penalty try on a scrum. So there's two scrum-related tries right there. It is, uh, it's just been a shock for them. So I think it's good to be in this tournament. It's really good. But if we want to go in and, and see them win and execute, that's not going to happen because of the things you said, Bruce. Um, let me ask you this. Did you see any players who you would want to put on a November tour squad? And I'm not saying, well, actually, no, you can, you can judge it however you want. If that means you saw somebody who is just international caliber, that's fine. If you're some, somebody who goes, well, we're really thin at this position. We have to have somebody. We may as well get that guy. Uh, you can choose it however you want. No, the only person I would consider is Craig Well. And I, I don't know that, I don't know that that's, that's an, an answer or, or a consideration, but I mean, I, I, w- I would imagine they're going to take Aspen, which is which is fair enough. Um, but other than that, uh, no, there's probably probably no Dolan. No, Dolan's no. You don't you don't like Dolan? I thought he played uh, well. Dolan, Dolan thought he made played a well both plays. Games. I mean, the back row got dominated. I, I mean, we 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 could sit and we can. We can argue about this until we're blue. I mean, we, we, no matter how you look at it, Argentina let several tries go begging. I mean, hey, the guys made some plays and there were some spills, but Argentina was being very adventurous and in wet conditions and, and, and a couple offloads didn't go their way. They still scored 39 points. And, and then Canada was... Canada really had to run a play in, in territory and, and and possession and and was had the US on the back foot quite a bit. The US got the one line break from uh from Gerke and and didn't uh and didn't convert didn't convert on the on the penalty. And I mean, was there really much else in it? I mean it was really I mean, it was it was they, a lot of what, I, I would, there were some, there were there some were, things Tracy made a play. There, there were there were four there were four try scoring opportunities that I saw. Garicki was one of them. Tracy had a run. They had the ball out to Chapman, but it wasn't a great pass. And they had the ball out to Cowley right at the end. It wasn't a great pass. He couldn't handle it. Uh, those are four. They could have been tries. Now you're right. Canada had a lot more, but they did have those four opportunities that you'd say, all right. A little bit more time, a little bit more work on, you know, some confidence execution. They might get a couple of tries. I don't see them winning the game, but I could see them getting a couple of tries. And and that's not to say that they didn't play with heart. That's not to say that they definitely lack composure. They definitely lack experience. They definitely lack preparation. And and when I say preparation, I'm not talking about what happened in the seven or eight days that they've been together or ten days that they've been together. I'm talking about the preparation that happens in the 26 weeks that they're not together or the 40 weeks that they're not together, whatever. Like, that's the thing that I think is lacking in American rugby. And then, you know, you talk about the physicality. 
most of the foreign players who come here, whether they be uh, premiership players or or or, uh, or Super 14 players or NPC players or or things of that nature, who have who come over and played in America, they will say that the game is more physical. And and the reason it's more physical is the guys are big, but there's a lack of skill, so they tend to whack. You know, they they tend not to be able to get the ball away from yeah. contact as easily. So they do they do tend to get into heavily physical situations. I don't think physicality is an issue. I think that part of part of our scrum issue is the fact that we have not, as a nation, for a while after Mike Crone came over here, when um when Thorburn had him here. A lot of people in America really bought into taking the scrum seriously. And I think that a lot of clubs have gotten away from that. And 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 part of that was Bill LeClaire really going around and, and and spreading a message of how to do things and then also using those videos. And I think that what happens is teams get away from things and they get lazy about it. And that and that is that is coming to fruition. Now, and you know, in the words of Jeremiah Wright, the, the chickens are coming home to roost. And, and, and the fact that our neglect of this specific aspect of play for such a long period of time is, is causing us serious drama. I think that the fact that we have not tried to spend serious time developing goal kickers over the course of several years is showing its head rearing its head very, very badly. And the, and the fact that we haven't spent a lot of time grow, growing American-born scrum halves outside of Mike Petrie is, and, and while I think Davies played very well when he came off the bench against Argentina, I thought that he did not play at the pace that he played against Argentina today. I thought that he, he played at a much slower pace than he had in the prior, in the prior game. So it's, it's, that's, those are all long-term things, right? And that's fine. I don't, I'm not complaining that the long-term things Be, just... Because this is, this is the issue, is that five years from now is going to come. Yeah. And those, those are the words of Dan Payne. Five years from now will come at some point. So the thing that needs to happen immediately is that we spend time developing or optimizing the talent that we have and not, we worry more about identifying talent than we do about dealing with the talent that we have. We're sitting there almost like we're waiting for the next magical athlete to show up. And I think that what we need to do is identify who we have and we have to develop them. And if somebody comes along that is uh, worthy of development, then we spend time developing them too. And, that, and I think that that's really the only way forward. In order to change, in order to change our culture, I, and I think that the culture has changed in terms of, of of internal. But I think that in order to change the culture, we need we need to have a culture of do what has to be done when it has to be done to the best of your ability, and do it that way every time. And and if we do that, then we'll be able to have a bit more success. And and I think that Mike is trying to put those things in place. I think that. You know, he's he's done it on, especially with the senior men on a, on a fitness side and on a skill side with 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 some of the players. I don't know that with all of them. I think that they're working on on certain things that they're trying to put together uh, 
programs and things and of, of that nature. But where is USA Rugby on this? I mean, where there are things that USA Rugby needs to do in terms of developing coaches, in terms of developing players, in terms of and and I don't know that this is happening to the level that should be expected by the players themselves and the rugby rugby public. And and we can sit and say that, you know, that like this kid, uh, Isles, or I don't know how you say his name. I guess yeah, it's Isles. Isles. Yep. Seven's kid. You know, I mean, we we can say, hey, go become great, or we could develop them. Now, I'm not necessarily a full a full time buyer on on how great he's going to become, but if we don't spend time trying to develop him, he'll never be anything. And, true. and the same with like did did Miles Craigwell at two years go begging? Yeah, see, see, I, I, did, I don't know. I mean, he, did, he's. I'm not saying did right, he let two but, years go begging? Right, right. But, but did he, is, is, did, is it a good thing? Miles, hey, let, hey, Miles, let me know, know how to. Get. Is it a good thing for him to? I, it probably was a good thing for him to have gone to a, a good club and actually start playing. But but again, other than that, that's pretty much what we do. We don't then send somebody who is a specialist in deep three play to work extra time with him or anything like that. Well, we we sent him to and, beach and, and said, we hope that those beach coaches will teach him better. And I thought, I thought Craig, well, and you know, Craig, well still is a raw talent on, uh, and he's still, and he's could have, he did some good things and we could probably use him on the national team, but, um, he's, he, you know, he's, po- he's not been polished. That's for sure. Well, I mean, the fact of the matter is, he doesn't have that extra gear, yeah. and that's and that's the that's that is the issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he, I, I don't notice that he has a kicking game. Perhaps he has it. I haven't seen it. Whether whether for beach or for or for uh, I don't or for think, I don't think USA. I've ever seen him kick. Right. So, and having wingers without kicking games, but those are things that should have been should have been recognized and understood and developed over the course of time, whether regardless of where he was, even if he had to do it himself or find some kind of, or, or, or work with somebody in high performance or the, uh, you know, the, the, you know, whether it was, um, Nigel or, or, uh, or uh, we always call him Colorado, Jim Snyder. Um, then, then I would say that they, you know, they're, they're experts in how to develop rugby players. You know, obviously that's their job. That 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 should have been that should have been something that has been dealt with and taken care of. I, you know, I don't think that that's been done. It might have been. And I don't. I personally, I haven't seen it. You know, it's not like you know we have certain players on our team that that are that are there and, and over the course of years, they, they have not been contacted. So perhaps I would venture to say that that's true of, of other, other places yeah. too. Yeah. And I think that really what's happening now is that we're almost starting from ground zero. And 
No, we, 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 we are, we are, we have, ne- well, first of all, we, this, this USA selects team going back to the NA four, it's never been treated the way it's being treated. Now, uh, Mike Tolkien has picked a bunch of young guys and, and put them together and try to teach them the system. That is the national team system, nothing different. And said, this is international rugby. This is what it's going to be like. It's going to be harder if you make it to the Eagles. He's put them in there. Guys will go in there and they will fail. Some of well, them no, will, the thing, they, the thing, the, the thing that they that they did when actually they played the system, or when I'm not gonna, you know, when they when they played the way they were supposed to play, uh-huh. it was fine. It, yeah. It's just that for whatever reason, they're unable to be able to do it. Time, it, the the only way that 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 method of play works, having you know, I mean, I, having coached it for you know the past twenty years. The, the and, and 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 it hasn't changed dramatically over over that period of time and it's just basic is you just have to be able to execute basic skills and make simple decisions over and over and over and over and eventually opportunities present themselves and when they do you need to take advantage and that's it that's the entire game and then defensively, <clears throat> execute, be patient, be patient, be patient, and eventually an opportunity presents itself. And when it does, you have to take advantage. Yep. And I know, and 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 the other side of that is, if you have a strong set piece, and you know, I'll just, <clears throat> I'll go through a couple small bits. If you have a strong set piece. It's more than likely that you'll get a quality pass from nine to ten, which means that you're probably going to get on the front foot and get over the game line, which gives you an opportunity to put the other team on the heels and do what Canada did to us. One of the reasons that Mike, you know, said that we probably didn't fold around is that we had to go backward to fold around a bit, and it and it got to be a bit difficult. So if you're on your front foot, you tend to get on the front foot, and then. Good things tend a good pass leads to a good pass leads to a good strike leads to so those things those things kind of happen. It's like in basketball, good pass leads to a good shot, and and then on the flip side, from a defensive standpoint, a dominant set piece or you know dodgy ball out of a line out or dodgy ball out of a scrum tends to lead to a flubbed something to a tackle behind the game line That's right. to a yep. mistake or a kick. So those things made Canada look better than they are. We actually fought our way out of it pretty well. But the fact is, you know, if you, if you don't have your foundation, if your foundation is sand, no matter how good your structure is, no matter how good your building is, it's irrelevant. So the, the foundation of, of play in the USA is really lacking. The foundation of scrum, line-out, line-out throwing, and goal-kicking is really lacking because it's been neglected and the, the development of the players has been neglected for many years. And it is, but but in, it, but the other thing is, it's still the responsibility of saying we we can sit and lay blame, and we can sit and say and complain about it, or we can fix it. And I think fixing it has got to start now. Speaking to that, 
Um, we will be right back, and, and we're going to come back, and we'll, we'll be talking to Nick Wallace uh, about his experience. Hey, fans, go to RugbyImports.com for all your rugby outfitting needs. Whether you're kitting out your team with our American-made jerseys, stocking up on training supplies, or just getting a new pair of boots, Rugby Imports has all you need for on the field and off. Go to RugbyImports.com. Okay, we're back on Rugby Matrix America. This is uh, Nick Wallace, St. Mary's prop, who has played two games now for the USA Selects and what his experiences are like. Okay, so Nick Wallace, USA Select, St. Mary's. Uh, tell me a little bit about the move up in physicality, speed of the game uh, from college up to the Oh, definitely. You know, it's a, it's a huge move up. Um, the first going into camp, I knew. I mean, I knew it was going to be more. Um, the first few hits, it was, uh, it was a shocker, but I feel like I'm starting to get used to it. You just got to stay low and trust your legs and keep driving. So. Tell me about the scrums. Obviously, it's a challenge, and you're playing against really good scrummaging teams. Uruguay is not going to be a pushover at all. So what's happening there? What are you trying to improve on? Oh, you know, I'm young. I'm, uh, I just turned 23 today, actually. Um, I'm so, uh, thank you. I'm still learning. There's a, there's a lot to... There's a lot of technique. Um, as you know, the props are the older guys. It takes a lot to learn uh, and figure out what to do. So I'm looking forward to finally learning that and moving on. But it's definitely different than just having brute strength in college and coming up here and having to have the technique as well as the strength to do it. So it's, uh, it's a journey. I'm yeah. on the start of it. Um, I'm looking forward to the next few years and getting better. And so so that's, that's for you personally, but then as a unit, especially the, the type 5, trying to work with that and then changing the type 5 and working with that. That's got to be tough. Oh, definitely. I mean, especially being on with the selects, uh, we all we're still trying to figure each other out, um, and we're starting we're starting to do it. Um, but I think I think we're on Saturday. I think by then we'll be able to figure it out and get th- some things done. So, uh, was it frustrating because you felt like you could be you were close to scoring? You know, you left a few points on there, especially late. Oh, of course, it's always frustrating to leave points off the board, but. You know, it's, it's the way it's sport. You never know. You know, things can go your way and things can't. You know, we just need to come back tomorrow. Uh, we'll have probably a good day off. We'll get some film, figure it out, and see what we can do to do better. To, and when we are down on the five, getting ready to score uh, against Uruguay so we can capitalize. Right, Nick, thank you very much. So, thank you. So, Bruce, I mean, we're not going to go back and forth on, on Nick's thoughts about, you know, he, he needs some time, things like that. Here, here Here's the thing. Okay, so what if if you were okay? Luke Gross is head of uh, player development, player tracking at USA Rugby. Luke Gross's job is not to run around and teach everybody uh, how to scrum or how to jump in the line out, although he can do that. Um, Luke Gross is trying to track players, see where they are. If you were working with Luke, or if you called Luke up to tell him what to do with Nick Wallace, what would you do? I think that it it really comes down to first Nick hasn't played a whole lot of prop period, um, so uh, that's one of them. The the thing that I, I, I tracking what it, it is development that that's the problem is that we're tracking we're doing these things or I mean we're filling out paperwork, but the fact of the matter is that we do need to be spending time on development. So what I would have is I would have a series of things in terms of scrum setup where I would have Nick work on his scrum setup. Then I would have Nick work on his scrum engagement. I would have Nick work on his 
core stability. I would have Nick work on his fitness and work rate. And I would have Nick work on his line out lifting. I would have Nick work on his um, restart lifting and his decision-making, his tracking and tackling. And then you just have a program based on individual things that guys can do. So he would be able to do uh, scrum engagements on a machine individually. He'd be able to do scrum setups against the mirror, or, you know, in a mirror every day. There's, there's ways to do it where you set yourself in a, in a specific spot, get yourself completely perfect, put a line of tape on the mirror, and you stay in the same spot, and then you know when you're fully perfect at the pro proper height. There's, there's things you can do. Then I would do a um, – I would have him doing scrum engagement by himself. I'd have him doing scrum engagements with a lock. Then I'd have him doing scrum engagements with a lock and a flanker. And what, what happens is when, when you hit a scrum, the reason you need to have a, a tremendous course, I'd have him doing deadlifts, I'd have him doing uh, a lot of Russian twists or rotational work and, and things on, on or planks, things on core stability. Because when you hit, you get a press, you get a smash into your shoulders. So you need to be compressed and you get a smash straight up your spine through your through your rectum and 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 you go and you go straight there so if you have stability you don't have a leakage of power you have a linkage of power that there's actually a transfer of power from your hips through your shoulders and that comes through your spine and if you're compressed so he needs to have that which he doesn't have enough of to be an international prop at this moment nor do any of them for that uh, probably the best scrummager that I saw was Paulson. And I don't know if I, if he was the best scrummager based on the fact that it was 73 minutes into the game and Canada was disinterested, but Canada still had a bonus point in the balance. So they shouldn't have been disinterested. Um, you know, why the USA took a scrum down a man when, <laughs> when they had an opportunity to, you know, I thought that was, that was maddening. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think that was, again, that was again, just sort of not really uh, being in control of of their decision making, and in the US, in the USA, got away with they were they were down a man on an attacking scrum later in the game, and they uh, and they they didn't put an extra back in. I prefer to put it back into an attacking scrum because I figure you may as well win our own scrum as opposed to playing short and having a disrupted right. ball. Right. Like you could play you could play a short ball. Even if you're predictable, if you get good ball out of a scrum, you still can do. Even if you're predictable, you can still get over the game line, and you can still and you can still uh, operate in the next phase. <clears throat> so that that's just that's the tactical thing that I that I would probably okay. always do. I, but I just that's so I would yeah. So what I would do is I would have I would have them do thirty scrum setups a day. I would have them do, uh, you know, twenty you know, 10 scrum engagements by himself and 10 scrum engagements with a lock and 10 scrum engagements with a lock and flanker every day. I would have him do course. Of, so, and I would have him do line out lifting when he has his lock and flanker, then you do your line out lifts. And then I would have him do restart lifting with his lock and his flanker and either a coach kicking the ball or somebody kicking or throwing. And then they work on restart lifting and with their lock and their flanker. And then all of a sudden they become really good at all these things that they get selected for that happen a lot. That's why you get yeah, picked. You get that, picked that's, from line and restart. That's right. If you're really good at that, and then the three, you go and you do some tracking drills, and you get picked for defense. Well, there you go. Scrums, line out, restarts, defense. That's the whole game. If you do that, you win. That's right. Well, 
uh, we're going to wrap this up. And Bruce, it's been great, but uh, I'm going to wrap it up. And I, there are a couple of things I wanted to say about this. First of all, um, here, I'm sitting here in uh, Rugby Canada headquarters, which the offices are right next to the field, uh, West Hill Stadium, where they played the game. And uh, it's it's a really nice offices. I mean, this is the headquarters of Canadian rugby. And the place was packed, uh, over 2,200 people, which is a really nice crowd. And nobody else, it's standing room only. They're all Canadians. Um, they were they were hooting and hollering for Canada, and they should be, and that's wonderful for Canada. But it is these are young players. It is also a, a tough thing for them to be in that uh, uh, that cauldron, really, in that environment. And that is another thing that they need to learn about. So so yeah, they lost their composure. Yeah, they could have played a lot better, but they were also in a situation where they they really didn't have a friend in the place. Um, I, but I'll also say this, that on Saturday, they play Uruguay. And if they beat Uruguay, that doesn't solve any of the problems that Bruce McLean just talked about. That doesn't solve any of the issues of the fact that this is bringing these young players together in a development environment is just the beginning. It's not the end. I'm very happy that Mike Tolkien is looking at it as developing young players, not just you know, throwing a, a representative bone to a longtime player or something like that. He's really using it to uh, to develop young players. That's great, and I'm really happy for that. But but more has to be done. As Bruce has said, you have to be working on individual development of players and find out tracking them, tracking their individual skills and the stuff that they have to work on and not re- rely on their club or anything else for them to work on that stuff. Um, and uh, can I, can I get to you on that? I, yes. I, wanna, yes. I, uh, I, I actually do think you do have to rely on their club. Well, you end you up have, relying on the club, but, but you can't but, only but, rely on it. But, yeah, you, but what you do is you have, you have a dialogue with the player so that he, the players have a, uh, have, they have technical, tactical, you know, psychological, physiological, with support staff and, uh, and family or outside influences. I think that that's what they have to do is they have to get into all the players in terms of that. So in order to, in order to be able to do 30 scrum setups, that's, that's their own individual thing, but they may need to have a coach go with their engagements. They may need to have a coach work with them on restart reception or have a, so they need to engage not only the player, the coaches and also other players who might be able to help them. Like there may be a retired international. There may be a guy who's just a really good club player uh, and who could help a guy develop into becoming a really good international player. Just, um, you know, you say like, all right, James Denise is out of favor and, and probably has no chance of playing. But if, 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 he was, if he was told, hey, I need you to help this kid who's a prop, or this kid who's a flanker to become, and these are the skill drills I need you to do with him, he would do it. And then ask another coach who <clears throat> lives in the area, maybe Troy Bartley, or, and I'm just using those names. It doesn't, the, the name is irrelevant, Jake Sprague. There's, there's people around, Joe Rizzoni and, and Stevie Gookin up by you. You know, there's people everywhere who could help to do these things and sit and say, oh, yeah, I'll take the time to, to teach this person how to do this. And I'll take the time to work with them a couple times a week. Mm-hmm. Very dedicated. 
and then have a dialogue with the with with the line director at USA Rugby to say this is what he's done, this is his progression, this is what he needs to work on, or this is what I don't understand. Something's going on and I can't figure it out. Here's the video. It's just a lot of things, and and that's not what's being done. And that's the thing that needs to be. Like you can say, yeah, this kid can't kick a goal. Well, well, no. Well, he what he does is he takes thirty kicks every day. He takes thirty thirty goal kicks, thirty drop kicks, thirty touch kicks, and he does another ten off his wrong foot each day. And something's going on with the goal kicking. I don't really have a read on it. I'm there. I'm with him, and I'm making sure he's doing it. Here's the video. Right. Maybe you can give me or him some pointers and then he could talk too. there's a lot of things that are involved in this. And and in order to really if you have a unique talent and that's and the thing that I'm saying is I'm not talking about Joe Bag of Donuts who's playing on the club, who's a good guy, which is what most clubs, my club, every club is basically full of those guys. <clears throat> I'm talking about a unique talent. When you have a unique talent that you think is capable of playing international rugby, you cannot have them in an environment that Joe Bag of Donuts is in. That the person needs to be in an environment that is unique, that is special, and that is meant for high performance. And I think that what we're trying to do is be everything to everyone. I think that when we identify someone as unique or someone that we really want to look at or someone that's going to play at a certain level or be on a certain team, then at that point, they have to be into what I would call a talent optimization program. Talent identification is worthless. You can't hide good talent. If a guy's a great athlete, it is difficult to hide. At some point, you have to optimize that talent. And that's what we're not doing. And either we get on it and get it right, or we will stay in the same goddamn place that we are right now forever. Hey, everybody. This is Alex Goff from Rugby Matrix America and RugbyMag.com. And we all know it takes grit and determination just to get to the edge of a rugby pitch. And it takes even more courage drive and passion to lock arms with your teammates and rise to the challenge and play in a game at Lauer Family Wines. They know that too. They have a passion for rugby and a passion for wine and that passion collides in their Hooker Wines line from Napa Valley. Steeped in the tradition, teamwork and heroism of the game and their drive inspires them to create wines that honor those who chase their passions in rugby and elsewhere in life. Get in the match and buy Hooker Wines online at hookerwines.com. So that's going to finish it up. We're not going to worry so much about today's result, but we do have to take lessons from that. And there are bigger things we need to work on to develop players, develop talent. And I think we all need to be involved in that. And Bruce, great words about how we need to move it forward. That's going to do it here on Rugged Matrix America. Uh, Pat Clifton will be back next time. I know you missed him. Uh, This was show number 100. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, And thanks again to our sponsors, Hooker Wines, TheRugbySite.com, Rugby Imports, and the USA 7s and the Las Vegas Invitational. And it's been great. This is Alex Goff from RugbyMag.com saying thanks for listening to Rugged Matrix America.